Hello, fantasy fans, and welcome to Swords and Satire, the podcast where we turn low fantasy into high art. I'm your dungeon manager, Jamie Molkel, here with my angelic co-hosts. I'm Chelsea Hollowell, and how'd you know? I'm an angel. Just don't ask any more questions, though. I mean, I do my research. Uh-huh. I just need you to have faith, my son. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I won't have any regrets about believing that. Exactly. You can trust me. Yeah, now here's my life goop. Take this and let it power you. Oh, okay. I won't die, right? Without my life? No, of course not. Oh, okay. When the thing I'll that gives me I'll protect you. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> well, that's good to hear because my name is Jack Olander. I'm a I'm a volatile portal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just loud. I'm exploding the room. I could lead really anywhere. I mean, that just is exciting, if you ask me. You would not believe how many people run into me. It's it's just ludicrous. I, I'm just walking down the street in San Francisco, and then poof, they're in the Serengeti. Mo- Serengeti. I'm going to say that word correctly. Think uh, about how many places in the universe you can't survive, or other universes. Why would you ever run through a random portal? It's not a good choice. You know, maybe it's just somebody who lives moss and says yes to everything. <laughs> That's fair. Like Maybe Michael. they're just practicing radical acceptance. Like Michael. Mike from, not, oh, Michael from this, Michael from this show and also Mike from the film Phantasm. Who goes hard. They <laughs> both go hard and live moss. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, guys, this is it. This is the final episode of season one of Warrior Nun, and we've got so much to say, so many feels, but I think first, Chelsea has a summary that she's been really excited to share with everybody. That's right. Here we go. This week... For your Bible study, I would like you to open your tomes to Revelation 2.10. Creak! Tome open. (laughs) The passage reads, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. What? Don't worry about it. Because behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you might be tested. No, I don't like this at all. Don't worry, because for ten days, you will have trials and tribulations. This sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) But be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Did you say say unto death? Just don't worry about that part. Oh, boy. Wow, crown of life sounds awesome. Just think about the reward for your faith. Okay. (laughs) So what happens in this episode? So, we start out with Ava in the tomb, like we left off in the last episode. She's chatting with Adriel. Adriel thanks Ava for returning the halo to him and says that he's been imprisoned in that tomb and he was betrayed by Ariella. He says he was tricked by her and she stole the halo, but when he touches Ava, she gets... A flashback, and she kind of relives the moment when Ariella got the halo. In that flashback that she got, 
she gets to see Adriel coming out of a portal that's all red, like the ones that Terrasks come out of. Uh-oh. What's going on here? What the fuck? <laughs> and he's carrying a halo-like ring, but it's all big and spiky. I mean, I think that's the halo. Right. And then <laughs> <laughs> it kind of transforms as it needs to. Then a Terrasque comes out after him. Terranas comes this Terrasque. Exactly. They fight. He uses the halo to um, relieve it of its head. Now, this is the fun <laughs> part because Adri- uh, Ava sees this vision from Ariella from a perspective that, sh- that Ariella could not have had. It's a divine sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it seems like the Templar Knights that Ava, not Ava, Ariella, was uh, <laughs> palling around with during the Crusades. With Ava's face, though. Yeah. Vow to protect Adriel because he promised to save Ariella, who had received a mortal wound in battle. He puts the halo in her back. Doesn't look like a good time. Nope. He's looking was, pretty sus in this back yeah. story, gotta say. He's looking like he's on the run from these terrorists mm-hmm. and like, hmm, did he steal that halo? Oh man, did he have the original heist? I think so. Mm. He is nothing but a thief. That's what they say at the end, so we'll get there. Meanwhile, in Arctech, we get some side scenes of Michael feeling that the Ark is going to activate soon. and he He's tells, like, Mom, my buddy came and told me what's yeah. going on, and it's totally cool, and there's going to be candy forever. He's saying Whoa. he's getting these messages from an angel, so and he has to wait by the Ark. So she finally takes him down there. Christian's looking for Jillian, and he goes into her office. She's not there. He's snooping around. He sees a room where she's been keeping all of the drawings that Michael's been doing, and he's like, Jesus Christ is real. And it, it wow. shows all of these calculations and drawings that Michael did. And it's the Ark. So it's clear that Jillian got the schematics and mathematics to build the Ark from the angel through Michael. And to specify, the Ark is that volatile portal we referenced, not a boat. So... It seems like Christian has gotten his proof of heaven. Boy, he, like, was able to process those schematics, like, real quick, too. He's just like, oh, all these numbers are proof of God. (laughs) I'm like, man, he was, like, clearly pretty close to the precipice of going back to being faithful if if all it took was a little bit of math. Yeah, he really wanted it to happen. Guess it didn't take much. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Yeah. So, Ava realizes that Adriel is lying after she's had this flash convenient flashback. <laughs> she confronts him because Ava be like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one thing that Ava does, it's confront or flee. <laughs> Those are the two things Ava does. Now she's more about confrontation. So she's like, you're no angel, just like Ariella said to him in the past. And he's like, okay, fuck you. And he tries to take the halo from her. <laughs> <laughs> I just grab that out of your uh, spine there. <sighs> when he's trying to take it, the arc activates back at arc tech. And Wait Michael's like, I'm about to bounce out of this bitch. And uh, he just goes right through that portal. That took some faith. Yeah. And uh, he has blind faith. 
Jillian tries to follow him, but she's hesitant. She has some healthy skepticism and doesn't go through and it closes behind Michael. She's like, now hold on. What about science? Oh no, too late. And she's grieving because her son has gone through a portal without her. It's always hard to watch them uh, go away to hell for the first time. So the Halo, along with Ava, reject Adriel. They throw him back as the Halo activates to say, to protect Ava. And he's Big knocked- boom in the parlance of our time. Yeah, he's knocked unconscious. This whole time, the secret nun squad have <laughs> been waiting for Ava. Lilith didn't want- to just do nothing while Ava was in the tomb. So she and Beatrice worked together to get ready to blow an entrance into the tomb in case Ava can't make it back out. Turns out they soups needed to do that. Yep, it was the right choice. Yep. They blow through. Because Ava didn't get her seven minutes to recharge. Yeah, she had to use the halo too soon to protect herself. She's unconscious, but they blow through and they find her, get her out of there. Uh-oh, Adriel's loose. And also, uh-oh, we have a new pope. That's right. Doretti was named the new pope. And Mother Superion is confronting him about what he did about killing Sister Shannon and destroying the OCS and trying to control Adriel's bones. And he's like, the fuck? Yep. This was when I kind of felt like everything had been a gigantic swerve on the audience. I know. and. Mother Superior looks like she's going to throw up because she realized that she was mistrusting the wrong person and trusting the wrong person this whole time. So as Ava and her crew are trying to leave the catacombs, they realize that Adriel has followed them. They try to keep him from escaping. But first, Father Vincent's like, let me handle this. He goes over, acts like he's going to try to Talk some sense into Adriel, but then dun dun dun, he calls him master. What the what? And the machine is ready, he says. Yeah. You don't need the halo. I'll reunite it with you later. You should get to your ark to escape. And our plan worked to help you escape from your prison. And this is when Mary realizes that Vincent is, must be the one who killed Sister Shannon. That's right. And they know he's betrayed them. And so they go to confront Adriel. They have a fight. Adriel is like, you can't kill me. And they're like, we're just trying to stall for time to let the halo bearer charge back We up. just needed seven minutes. Ava comes in to confront him. He pulls in all these bystanders with wraiths. Mary's like, I'm going to go down and take them all out now, and she gets swarmed, and then... Roll credits. End of season. Fuck you, audience. Yeah, fuck, fuck all you. Fuck you for giving a shit about this plot that we've established for this whole fucking season. Go get fucked. <laughs> Guys, I've got so much to say, I think it's time to jump into the delve. Guys, I hate to jump right to the end, but the finale of this left me so shook that I think we should just get right to it. You make an excellent point. 
And I think it really puts a great frame around the theme of betrayal. (laughs) Well said. All right. Let's get into it. You see, it's pretty clear. We already mentioned that Father Vincent ends up being the one who betrayed the nun squad. Which I was shocked by. Yes. He goes up, calls Adriel Master. We learn the whole time he's been working for maybe the bad guy. And he might be the bad guy when he summons a bunch of demons. I think that implies he's not very good. Yeah, possibly. Lilith said, I know what he is, and she calls him a devil. Yeah, it's true. It's what we were saying the whole time. He's a fallen angel. Yeah. When Ava was saying to him, oh, are you an angel? He's like, we wouldn't call ourselves that. (laughs) (laughs) Catty motherfucker. I know. That's your word. I didn't say it. (laughs) Please don't associate me with that. It's kind of my big identity thing, you know? Uh, Oh, yeah, and the other betrayal. Yeah, like the scene where they they built up the entire show for this conflict and then ended it. Yeah, yeah, before was, we could see it. The ultimate was, betrayal of us, yeah, the viewers. Their betrayal against us. Yeah, that whole Vincent thing. Yeah, that's real. But that was all just a bullshit buildup to that. To what I was going to say right there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, fuck that dude. They didn't even know they were going to get a second season. It was only recently that it was announced that it was confirmed. Well, this is so much the problem that I have with Netflix shows. They always, or very often, they do this build-up to something that, like, they're pursuing the entire season, right? You're you're trying to, you know, get to this point. And then they just fucking drop it. Or they, like, leave you on the highest point where, like, yeah, I want more, but I'm mad that the season's over. I know. Like, the whole thing has been a very slow burn, and I'm okay with that if it's earned it, but I don't feel like with this kind of ending, they fucking did. No, because an ending of a season should answer some questions. You can set up something with a a, a wrap-up in the finale. Totally. But you gotta answer some questions, you gotta finish some storylines. They don't even fucking bother. Okay, when it comes to storytelling, you're supposed to build up to the big climax of the story, right? Yeah. But that's not where you end the story. <laughs> right. yeah. you, got, you wrap it up afterwards. They're like, we've got everybody by the fucking like, short and curlies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on, dude. It's like, yeah, but like now I'm just angry. And they were trying to seed Duretti as the villain. So hard. You know? All season. You know what? He was wearing red robes. We thought that meant <laughs> That's right. that he was associated with demons. What we should have realized is that he was the red herring. Oh, <laughs> damn. Well said, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. Dude, everything he has done. Like, if the big flip is that Duretti. Because Duretti says, I was trying to hold together the OCS. Which he said early on, but he said it like... I'm the one who's trying to hold this organization (laughs) together. Like fucking Palpatine level bullshit. I know. And then now it's like, oh, nope, curveball or fucking total swerve. Like, why were you doing that T-pose praying evil thing? Evil thing? I was trying to show you my devotion. What the fuck? His planking supplication T-pose. Yes. Dude, (laughs) when he walks into the Pope chamber, 
<laughs> to get chains into his Pope throat. He's like smiling, this evil smile. I'm like, just don't. Uh, you're having the actor like make all these choices, or maybe the actor is making these choices. I don't know. I'm not. I, I like this actor who portrays Doretti. I think he's really good mm-hmm. at being. I mean, a, a great villain. I thought up to this point. Now everything I thought I knew. Okay, so everything I was saying, you thought you knew was a lie. Yeah, that's what this whole show is about. What can you trust? Who can you trust? What is a lie? <laughs> Everything is a but lie. But he was like real close with the woman who killed Ava. Yeah. You can't frame a character more villainous than that. Okay. What if that <laughs> and him letting all the corrupt sister nuns back into the order? It's like. Yes, wait. all the corrupt sister nuns. Yeah, Sister Crimson, you might recall, the crazy murderer chick. Yeah. He, what if he? They're just like you. Let all those psychopaths back into the order. <laughs> I believe in redemption. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and you know what? What Adriel was saying to Ava about how blind faith. Basically, the gist of what he was saying to her is that blind faith can leave you open to being deceived and manipulated. And keeping people in the dark about the truth about the afterlife keeps them driven by fear and they're easier to control and have power over them through the church. Like, he's laying it all out like what was kind of subtle in earlier episodes and we were teasing it out. Like, he's just laying it all bare. Yeah. And it's really a dab on us as the audience, though, because... (laughs) We had blind faith that this story was going somewhere. That's true. And he was like, yeah, gotcha, idiot. Like, that, he was talking to us right there. The only way I could see this as forgivable would be if if Doretti got the halo in season two and became the protagonist of the oh, show. Oh, my God. Dude, what if they set it up like he, he goes back and is like, he... <laughs> This is going to be so fucked, but this is totally the type of thing they could do, where it's like, oh yeah, he was conspiring with the woman who killed Ava, because he knew that she was chosen. Oh god. And so he had to create the circumstances for her to get the halo. It's like, no, you motherfuckers. I'm not, at this point, I don't put anything past them. But he knew it was corrupt and compromised, and he was trying to distance Father Vincent from everything. Because he didn't trust him. And it's like... You were right. Yeah, god damn it. I'll tell you this. It is the most bullshit twist. <laughs> I it think is it is. super bullshit. And Doretti is my favorite character after that. <laughs> 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 Alright. Alright, yeah. I can dig it. He's just completely oblivious to everything that's happened up until this point. I think the twists are super cheap and like framed so badly throughout the series to where like we get to this point where it's like oh Duretti's not so bad it's like well he's done very questionable things up to this point the biggest betrayal to me is this cliffhanger ending of the season where like we literally end with Mary being swarmed by a pack of ravenous wraith possessed possessed humans while Ava is like getting ready to have this confrontation with Adriel yeah I'm just saying, a punch in the gut releases endorphins. This didn't even do that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This was full of hate, the people who made this. 
This was some Christmas train bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) The most spiteful action ever taken against this podcast. They made made fools out of us. We we followed them with trust in our hearts. (laughs) The song in our eyes. I mean, we're like Christian who, who gets his proof. You know, I wanted to say that math is thought to be the language of God. And so when he saw those calculations and everything, that was probably why he thought it was proof of the divine. Right. And he saw the, like, the that arc they, they was there. coming through like a vision. And, mm-hmm. and he knows those drawings were Michael's. So we're like Christian telling Michael to run through this portal to the unknown because it's divine intervention and we've finally gotten our faith back and we're trusting that there's some benevolent force out there and it gets ripped away. (laughs) Oh boy, this has horrible implications for where Michael might have gone. Oh, he's fucked. I think Michael might be the Gary Sue character. You think so? Yeah, the one who actually is getting everything right. I think he might be like the Jesus archetype stand-in where he sort of does like crazy self-sacrifice stuff, but he's the actual good character. You might be right. He's really archaic and hard to understand, and I think that also leans to why he could be the good guy. Because it's so uncertain whether or not he's doing the right thing. That's fair. I feel like he's the one I've always trusted to sort of, like, get us to where we need to go. I'm like, he's sure he talks about the pit a lot, looking into the pit. Yeah, but I mean, it could be the pit of happiness. But he sees things from a neutral perspective. Exactly. Pit of happiness. <laughs> he has the uh, the childlike wonder that will take us through this uh, valley of death that we are currently lodged in as we wait on season two. So there's a lot of questions that are left unanswered. Like every single one of them. The nature of demons. Why Terasks have divinium bones. The nature of the cosmos in this setting, like, what's divine? What's infernal? Is there anything? Is there a difference? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, it seems to me like it's murky, like, there's not a lot of difference. And, wait, Adriel does say humans think the divine is black or white, or night, like, night and day. There's this dichotomy between light and dark. And he said the reality is it's more complicated. It's very murky. Well, yeah, of course he would say that. Yeah. Because that's like his manipulation. But, you know, we see them forging Adriel's armor from the Terrasque that he killed. Like, Divinium's just the, like, the marketing research name that they gave uh, Terrasque bones because that's what Adriel's armor and weapons were made out of. Right. But it's really Infernium. Yeah. It was Infernium all along. <laughs> Jack was right. That'd be so sick if there was no Divinium and just Oh, that stuff that's that's hell. That's that's <laughs> only from hell. <laughs> Why do you think he keeps making weapons out of it? Yeah, I mean that's just a sugar coated name that they slap on the package when it's like really rat poison. Okay, so yeah. wait a minute. This has Big implications for this world of this show, because... Infinite supply of Dervinium by just killing all the Terras? No, no, no. I'm going in a completely different uh, path. You got to follow me here. Um, So, here we are. Christian sees 
these drawings as evidence of the divine. Yes. Other characters see the halo as divine. They believe in angels. All we have really seen is evidence of agents from hell. I mean, is it even hell? (laughs) Exactly. Do they have their cosmology all wrong because they've been getting it from the church and they say time and again in the show that the church feeds people only lies so they can keep them under control. Fair, but then again, Adriel is using a swarm of wraith demons to possess humans to get them to commit murder. No, what I'm saying is, is there even a heaven or divine beings at all or a god in this setting? Because people are taking all this stuff as evidence of the divine and of God, but they've not seen that. They've only seen evidence that there's this realm like that could be called hell where demons and devils are coming out. These are all the humans' words for these things. Sure. But what the fuck? They, they've only seen evidence... Of beings and technology. But you have to have faith. And and knowledge from hell. That's not entirely true. Because we know that something is special about Ava. Being able to be resurrected through the halo seems to be kind of a unique feature for her. I guess that's true. They said that they don't know that, you know, anybody else has been resurrected by the halo. I mean, halo bearers have died while Bearing the halo. But we don't know what's resurrecting her. We don't know what's powering the halo. It came from hell. (laughs) Sure. I mean, maybe. Or the demons had the halo from an actual, like, angel or angelic heavenly being. Maybe it's Lucifer's halo from being a fallen angel. I was thinking that, actually. Because... Warrior nun of Satan. (laughs) Adriel clearly came out of hell, and he clearly stole that thing. The Tarasque were tasked with getting it back from him. It seems like putting it in a warrior nun hides it from them temporarily. Yes. So I think we've only seen evidence of the infernal, not divine. Now, are they divine and people just are misunderstanding the nature of the divine? Perhaps. Adriel does put it on the church. When Ava's like, oh, you're an angel. That means God and all that exists. And he's like, um, uh, yes. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the church would make you think that you have to believe in something that can't be proven. He's really having a, I believe the Jedi are the evil ones moment, isn't he? Yeah. Not from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of like what you're saying. That he's basically putting it out there that only the good divine stuff tries to take a hands-off approach, which means that Ava would be the most hands-on thing <laughs> that the good guys have ever done. True. Yeah. Aside from that, maybe that Jesus fellow. Yeah. I mean, a major message of this episode is that blind faith is actually a bad thing. Yes. And it can only leave you open to being deceived and manipulated by those who seek to control you. Yeah. And that having a healthy skepticism actually can save you. Like with Jillian and Ava. Ava is skeptical of Adriel and it she's rewarded by that. Right. And, and Jillian didn't jump through the portal because she was skeptical about where it was really leading <laughs> to. Might have been a Michael great choice. Michael jumped through in blind faith. We don't know where it led. 
She but, was right to be skeptical. But Michael might have been right, too. We just, we really have nothing to go on until next season, I guess. We know for sure that Ava was right to be skeptical of no, Israel. I, I'm glad that, you know, you're bringing this up because I think the important feature of Ava as the protagonist of this show is the fact that she is not a member of the traditional hierarchy of the church. She was not a, you know, raised and and curated warrior nun like Lilith was supposed to be. She got the halo by fluke slash divine providence. She's not ever been under the full control of Vincent or Doretti or anybody else. She has always been outside of the church hierarchy. She is a complete outsider. She might once in a while align herself with certain members of the OCS. She might align herself with different people throughout the series, but she is not beholden to the OCS directly, to the church directly. And I think that is her significant feature because she's the only warrior nun who's actually not a nun in history, as far as we know. She's the only one besides Shannon who's interested in taking away the need for a warrior nun. She wants to remove her own relevancy. (laughs) Yeah, and she kind of has that moment in the tomb where she's like, I could be the last warrior nun, but also what does that mean for my life and possibly death if I have the halo removed? But she's willing to do it. Because she she knows the suffering that other warrior nuns have gone through. She's very empathetic towards... The horrible deaths they've all had. Yes, and the vision she has holds her back from going through with it. That's when she has that vision flashback of what happened with Ariella. Yeah, she gets this insight that Ariella was not just chosen by Adriel, this divine being. That she didn't just trust him blindly. Mm -hmm. She was skeptical. It seems like... Maybe there was a alliance between them, possibly, after that moment. But she was never totally on his side and eventually got him in prison, it seems. Or somebody in the church hierarchy got Adriel in prison in the tomb. He says that Ariella and the Pope at the time conspired to imprison him. And she saw through him right away. She knew that he was lying and not an angel, but he was basically blackmailing her into keeping his secret, or he said he would take the halo away from her. Exactly, which would kill her. And she found out a way around it to imprison him. Right. Yeah, it's true. Blind trust all around from every angle. It's uh, it's something that existed, something that we had. Yeah. Something yeah. that we had. We thought that uh, these people would tell an honest story. <laughs> I feel damaged. <laughs> I'm Are hurt. you going to get that tattooed on your forehead so everyone knows? Yes. I, you know, listeners, just while they were talking, I remembered the ending. And it, and it's horrible every time. <laughs> it hurts every time. <laughs> if you watched, Much like Wolverine's claws, this hurts every time. Yeah, if you watched this along with us... Oh my god, we put you through three months for that. (laughs) Longer. Longer even. And we sat through that. It was such a slow burn. We played ourselves. It was such a (laughs) slow burn. And then it turned out it was a literal burn. (laughs) And I'm damaged. I know. The scorch marks are just like coming off of you. I feel like, like, 
like I'm gonna have nightmares about. This. Will these scars ever truly heal? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think they might, and here's why: because much like the sisters of the OCS, I think I believe in Ava. Yeah, yeah. I think that Ava might be a worthwhile avatar of Ooh. morality of heroism. Okay, she's reluctant, but. I believe that she seems to have the best interest of her community and the people, just not just the people around her, but of human beings yeah. at her core. A good amount of reluctance and uh, skepticism is good for a hero. Yes. And Jack, I believe you've said up to this point that Ava might be one of the more Christ-like characters in the show. The most faithful. The most sure. faithful, the most... Uh, representative of like good values and morals. Yeah, no, uh, I still stand by that for the most part. I like the implication that Ava is controlling the way the series goes. Yeah, she has agency. Yes. Yeah. She doesn't like being manipulated and she pushes back against it. Oh, yeah. You're right. She doesn't just accept things on blind faith. She wants to make her own mind up. Now, if we ever forgive the showmakers, that'll That's be a completely what I was different. Getting at yeah, that'll be something completely different. I've always trusted Ava. Do I trust the directors? Because it just took so long to get here. Even if I sat down and binged it, the oh, burn yeah. was so slow. The ending was too fast. And, and just to be clear, this was all of our first watch through. Yeah, and we watched. Every episode, basically, right before we recorded about it, so... They also did Lilith dirty, because oh, yeah. they were building up her powers and how, like, fast and agile and strong she was and all that through her demonic powers that she got. But what is demonic and angelic anyways? I don't know if there is a difference in this show now, <laughs> but... Adriel can't, some of his powers don't work on her. He's still super strong, but she suddenly is like nerfed compared to him and she doesn't have the same capabilities. She's going to go head to head with him and she's walking all cockily up to him and then he just swats her away. It's like, what? I mean, but let's look at it from a, a logistical perspective. Lilith is new to these powers. She's, you know, been to hell recently. She had that scorch scar on her stomach. Adriel's had a thousand years just to vibe. Like, he's charged up and ready to go. He's got to be so relaxed and rested. Yeah. Are you, is this a uh, masturbation joke? Uh, I wasn't planning on it being, but I guess it could be. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, when you've got a thousand years to just sit around and do nothing... Like, you're super jacked at that point, right? That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. We did see Lilith moving so fast last episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Blur the air fast. She teleported, too. Yeah. And just, she just got normal speed backhanded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, no. I hope that Lilith gets some badass redemption. She's kind of low-key got some Terrask abilities, and I feel like she should have been at least able to give Adriel a run for his money, if not been equally matched. I think that Lilith still has a lot 
of story left in this. She was supposed to be the next warrior nun. I hope that they pay that off in some way where her character stays relevant throughout whatever the next season might be and, and beyond. I'm still just thinking about how dirty they did us with the ending. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate betrayal. It does yes. inspire some salt. Mm-hmm. It definitely There's does. some salt going on. Yeah. We could be eating french fries right now, and I would just not even need to sprinkle salt on them. Yeah. The likelihood that we watch season two is high, but it's not 100% out of spite. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to give them the satisfaction. (laughs) And then you come crawling back. I'm just saying. Oh, you're so mad on your little podcast, but what do you do as soon as season two drops, huh? Yeah, I know. That might be the case. <laughs> I'll give them a verbal knuckle sandwich right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that we've expressed our... Infernium sandwich. <laughs> I think that we've expressed our displeasure while also uh, getting into a lot of what happened in this episode. Why don't we head into final thoughts for the season? All right, guys. So, Warrior Nun, we've had our ups. We've had our downs. We've been knocked around. What are our final thoughts for the show, this episode, and this whole season? I think we should rate it, too. All right. So, give us your final thoughts and your rating from 1 to 10 Divinium Blades. Nice. Oh, okay. Cool. That makes sense. So, I I just have a number clear in my head. So, I'm going to start there and then work. Out something else with it. <laughs> All right. Makes sense. So I'm going to give it 6 out of 10 Divinium Blades. And it did lose some points there at the end for me. Understandable. Because I feel like they made a bad decision. <laughs> or several. <laughs> um, Just not good storytelling in the end there. I think that, you know... It's still getting an average rating from here above average because it did entertain us and Absolutely. inspired some interesting discussions. And um And if you haven't listened to all of our episodes on the show, you should probably go check them out. Yeah. What have you done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go do that and come back and then... <laughs> yeah, listen to episode one through nine. Episodes one through nine on Warrior Nine. <laughs> the idea that they're, they've already gotten to this point in this episode, <laughs> heard how blasphemous <laughs> the ending was. I'm like, let's see how we got to this Yeah. <laughs> right? You might be wondering how I got here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think there's interesting things that they did, like... The internal monologue with Ava, although they dropped that about halfway through, and I was not pleased with that. We got one moment in this episode where we got to hear her thoughts, and that was not enough, guys. No. That was part of the charm of the show early on, was focusing on her. So, I think they for- like forgot about it, and they're like at the end, they're like, oh yeah, we do that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we know what the main character is thinking and feeling. Right. So I just feel like they set up a lot of stuff 
that didn't pay off that should have. Yeah. And they run the risk of losing some fans <laughs> before their second season drops. But yeah, that's my take on it. Or maybe everybody's enraptured. Right. See what I did there? Mm. Yeah. All right, Jack, final thoughts and your rating from 1 to 10 Divinium Swords? More like, did they pay anything off? I'm so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Doretti was like the only payoff. And I'm glad you like that part. Uh, Doretti yeah. is hype. That, the show's rewatch value is entirely in Doretti. Yeah. We didn't get a wrap-up to the JC and his friends. He just disappeared. We, yeah. Uh, Ava's original character changed so drastically that one episode, where now she's the confident, I'm going to fuck him up warrior nun, right? I just want to say real quick, you mentioned JC and his gang. I really thought Adriel was going to be like, I've been manipulating you all along, and then poof, he's JC. That would have been so neat. You see? <laughs> Just oh, anything. yeah, and he revealed himself as Father Vincent to her, and she didn't fucking figure out that Vincent was working with him, and neither did I. <laughs> well, yeah. she, yeah, yeah, he can just like change forms. He's just doing that thing, hmm. appearing yeah. in the face of those you trust. Yeah, and like, just there, there's so much in the first half of the show. That they just scrapped, like you were I saying. I know. Mm, just, hey, forget about it. <laughs> also, the whole show was building up, right? Ava's this reluctant hero. She's free. She's a free spirit. She's yeah. all these things. I really feel that after that one episode where she decided, okay, maybe I can't sit by and watch demons take over people. It was like a switch was flipped in her. Now she's the confident, I'm going to fuck him up person. And I like that if it was a little more subtle, but it is a very big change in her character. That's fair. It almost, it feels a lot like two completely different characters yeah. to me. And Some of the charm is lost. Yes. And the payoff I wanted to see from this new Ava, they didn't show us. They cut it off because they were begging for a season two. They were torturing it out of us, right? Yeah. It's like we've been crucified with anticipation. Yes. They're like Cenobites trying to give us pain and pleasure at the same time. <laughs> the show, again, There's such a fine line. The show, and it's so blurry, the line. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> but the show, it was such a slow buildup. And yeah. the buildup was only tolerable because you had faith that it was gonna pay off and then they fucked us <laughs> oh, there were some real enjoyable parts yeah and a lot of them for me were in the first half of the season yes yeah, that's fair it's true i'm really talking my way between two scores here all right if i went first <laughs> it would be lower but you reminded me that there was joy in this yeah yeah they fill your heart with joy before they stomp it into the mud. <laughs> I'm gonna give this show, and I really, it's really between these two ratings, so I'm gonna give it a fun little Divinium knife as well. Uh, four and a half blades. Oh, wow. wow. Now, I want to ask you a question. Yes. What would your score have been before this final episode? Probably six. Okay. Probably six blades. I thought it was a little better than average right up until they didn't write an ending. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't you do that at work? Don't you just, like, 
start selling something to somebody and then like about nine tenths of the way through you just walk away and never talk to that person again yeah exactly <laughs> that, i mean that's how you do it right like when you're painting a masterpiece like the sistine chapel you just leave a tenth of it unmarked just blank on the yeah, canvas exactly uh maybe i'll finish it in two years <laughs> Just leave a little blemish, a little thing yeah. unfinished. I'm going to say four and a half. All right. And the reason is, if it weren't for that first half and for Doretti, I would never watch this again. Oh, damn. This is, the no, they're, they're un well, they're forgivable, but this art is not rewatchable. Yeah. Not to me. You fucked it up. I'm sorry, my friends. Yeah. I, I, it's not redeemed. You know what they did? Is they painted this amazing painting about the cosmos and faith and trust in your fellow man, and then they fucking pissed all over it. They yeah. just pissed on it. All your themes, dead. All your, all the things you like, dead. Really? No, you, but you said it perfectly, Jack. The theme of betrayal really comes to life. When the creators <laughs> betray you so violently. You belong in the less than five group in my mind. I'm sorry. You're sitting down there with Christmas Train and Monster Hunter. That's <laughs> where you belong Oh, that's brutal. The stinky pit. And you can get yourself back with season two. I'm going to give you another chance. We'll see if the theme of redemption gets paid off in season two. Yes. Do you think Michael went to the stinky pit? Probably. Yeah. Anyway, I really want to like season two, but don't do this to me again. <laughs> anyway, Jamie, what are your final thoughts and rating out of 10 Divinium Blades? Yeah, Jamie, tell us. Well, thanks for asking, guys. I would say for the most part, I enjoyed the series. I am not satisfied with the ending. What I am satisfied with is the acting. Mm -hmm. I like to see people who are just going to the hilt, giving it their all, Seem like they're having a good time. And that's the feeling I get. Now, I could be way off base with that. I don't know. But to me, the character portrayals seem to come to life. People seem really invested in their characters. Mm -hmm. They give a lot of good expression and face acting. And just they, they really seem to live in this world. And I appreciate that. Yeah. So I want to give my rating based on more on the performance of the people playing the characters than on the writers who stabbed us through the chest, tore out <laughs> our heart, and nailed it to the cross. Oh, boy. The acting was quite good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed talking about it with you guys. I've had a good time analyzing the show. I have to say, I want more, but I feel like it is such a cheap way to get me to want that. I think yeah. I would have been more satisfied with a good conclusion and maybe a, a final moment that just sets up something new. Yeah. Even if, what if, okay, they had to do this Doretti twist. They would have had to set this up way earlier. But, like, if there was another villainous character for them to beat, who they beat in this final episode, and then we get this reveal, uh-uh, sorry, Adriel actually played you this whole time. Right. Like, what if they, like, publicly shamed Doretti as Oof. he became Pope. And then it's like, what do you, why did you do this to me? I've been like looking out for you all. And then you get that reveal. Like that would have been a way better ending to a season. Yeah. Something that really like pays off this whole buildup. We build up Doretti as a villain this whole time. 
to just have it be like, oh, no, I'm not, he's not really, so sorry. Like, they should have done something that, like, lost him the popedom at the end of this episode and then have him go, like, I wasn't against you at all. Yeah. And then Adriel's like, ha, 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 I've played you. That would have been a way better ending. That would have felt like a complete story arc. Yeah. Leave a little something at the end that sets you up for the next season, but actually finish some part of the story. It just feels completely unfinished as is. Yeah. Nothing's really been answered. Nothing's really been paid off. We have a kid go through a portal to God's nowhere. We have Duretti elected Pope and confronted by Superion and being like, I don't know what you're talking about. We've got Adriel, like, swarming in the demons and attacking the nun squad. And we don't know where that's going to go. We have Father Vincent slinking off and nobody's paying attention to him. Yeah. So there's just nothing. This feels like this should have been the second to last episode. Yes. The and then the next episode could be like this, the whatever payoff for this season is. I was going to say real quick something along those lines. It, it's almost like... Not that they didn't think they were going to get a second episode or a season, but that it's almost as if they were promised 11 or 12 episodes and suddenly they were only given 10 or something. That's more like what it feels like. Or they were just like, ah, oh, we're, we're, we're for sure going to get a new season. But I feel like this is what Netflix does with so many of its shows. It did the same thing with... I am not okay with this. Yeah. Which was an adaptation of a comic. Another adaptation of a comic. Really good. Really great first season. Fucking canceled. No second season. They did this with Glow. Yeah. Glow, at least the third season wrapped up more of what was going on in the third season, though. They were setting up a lot for the next season. Yeah. They set up so many things. And then, like, thank God, I guess, that Warrior Nun's getting another season. I'm glad about that on the one hand. But I don't want channels and platforms to just make every story a cliffhanger at the end of every season with just the like, oh, well, if we get an- if you get another season, great. If not, fuck you. Dude, they could still rescind the offer for a second season. They like did they that did- with Glow. And I am not okay with this. They both were promised another season. Yeah. I'm just saying, a thousand and one Arabian Nights. Shahrazad pulled this shit. She'd be dead as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I think you're right, just based on how that story plays out. Yeah. I guess we know where Jack stands. <laughs> but anyways, I'll be a little bit more generous, and I will give this seven Divinium Swords because it did grip me. And I did really enjoy it. And I really enjoyed the characters. And I do want to know what's next. I'm just bitter. Yeah. And that's our feelings about Warrior <laughs> Nun Season 1. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was fun watching it all together and everything. And, and griping about it now is even fun. Did you notice how I didn't talk about Christian values at all this episode? That's because this episode was pure evil. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Maybe yeah. that's why nobody had any faith like you were pointing out throughout the whole season. Mm. Because it's actually all infernal, not divine. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're okay with that setup. I hope Adriel is like a cultist of Yogg-Sothoth. Oh, nice. 
That'd be cool. Be a fun twist. There's only bad mythologies associated. No good aligned mythologies. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'd like to thank you for joining us on this final episode of our coverage of Warrior Nun for Satire TV. Chelsea, what's our next show going to be that we're going to be covering over an extended period of weeks for these mini episodes? So I just got to say right now, we're excited to cover The Witcher Season 2. Yeah, beyond excited. But since it comes out mid-December and it's going to be wonky timing for us, we're going to wait until the new year to start covering the Season 2 of The Witcher just a couple weeks from when it comes out. So we've got some time in between there. We're actually going to get a little crazy and have some extra movies in October for spooky time, our favorite time. And then we're going to cover for our satire TV episodes over the garden wall. Nice. Yay. Let me ask you guys a question. Did the end of the first season of The Witcher do the same thing as the end of the first season of Warrior Nun with... It ending with Siri and Geralt finally meeting, or was that a more satisfying season wrap? That was a payoff. They were looking for each other the whole time. It would it would be more like cutting it off when they're both trying to find each other in the woods. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Good call. We got that payoff where they fucking hugged each other. That was so goddamn great. Okay. Yeah, we cheered when that happened. Yeah. True, true. Yeah, there's some catharsis there. Yeah. We don't know what happened to Yennefer, but uh, we got to see kind of some of the aftermath of that battle, too, and and what was going on with some of the other characters there. So we got some closure. Yeah. So, Mr. Netflix, we know you're listening. Mr. and or Mrs. Netflix, <laughs> you're out there listening to the podcast. Finish up your season arcs. Yeah. Just come on. Joe Netflix, I'm assuming. Also, all the artists who listen to this show draw Geralt looking at a Divinium blade going like, nice. <laughs> I'd like to see Silver that. and Divinium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blades. And then another panel of the comic where he notices the Netflix little N in the corner of the screen. He's just like, what the hell? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we enjoyed talking about this show and we appreciate everybody who listens in to hear us given our hot takes and uh it's so hot it's it's a it's a fun time and hey if you really appreciate us and you have the means you can always head on over to patreon and go to patreon.com slash swords and satire take a look at the stuff that we offer and maybe consider becoming one of our patrons yeah we offer exclusive content for several different tiers and, uh, yeah, take a look. You can also vote on the movies we watch every month, which is cool. So cool. So cool. <laughs> you can also follow us on social media. We are at Swords and Satire on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll get some awesome memes. You'll get uh, the download of the movies and shows we're going to watch next. And uh, you can give us your hot takes. Yeah, you can also send me a message. I'll talk. I'll talk about movies or video games or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just hit me up. There you go. Hit us up. And if you don't have a few extra bucks to send to your favorite podcasters, tell your friends and family about us. 
having a network of other people that listen to our show is a pretty good time. Anyone who listens to us and hears our hot takes and insights about movies, well, you can all find out about a lot of new films. And if you all watch them together, you can compare notes with us and then, you know, get angry at on our social media. <laughs> Not at us. At the shows and movies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can have fun little inside jokes with your friends, like poop. Or remember that one Jarl from Bale? <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, it's a good time. Share good times with your family and friends through podcasts. Specifically, our podcast. There you go. Alright guys, well, until next time. Hail, Hail Crom! Crom.